Coming up on today's episode, a win's a win, right? We break down the Jets' victory over San Jose and look ahead to a big one in Vancouver. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get right to it here to wrap up the week and head into the weekend. Only one game to break down for us here on Skates and Plates. And uh, yeah, it sucked. It was not a fun game to watch, but we'll talk about it. There was plenty to talk about, surprisingly, in in that one nothing win over San Jose. So we'll get into that. Maybe a little look around the NHL. Big news out of CBUS. Uh, maybe long-awaited news as well, which we'll have to touch on. Plus, apparently, we might have a takeoff to start this episode. So we're switching things up a little bit. Um, I am recording in the new house that I purchase with money. Um, there's weird noises that are coming out all over the place. So haunted. I <laughs> that's a CJOB's taste room with <laughs> asking the main question that I'm asking myself right now <laughs> because I'm in the basement with my dog and there's there's ish going down right now. Um, I don't know if it picks up on the mic or not, but let's put it this way Tuesday's episode, you might want to tune in for that because we could have a case of ghost hunters on our hands immediately. A seance. We'll do yeah, a seance. We, we, <laughs> we should do for the trade deadline. You do like a a live stream of like the deadline and a seance in the basement here. <laughs> well, that means like you have to kill time on the deadline show, right? So you might as well play out the Ouija board. For that, that's pretty much the only thing TSN hasn't done. So <laughs> we'll see. We, we might make it happen. Um, I mentioned a, a takeoff. As in, like, two takes going head-to-head here. Not a, an actual, like, lift-off, takeoff thing here. But I, I've been thinking about this for a while, Tice, and it came to a head this morning for me. Um, I hear you have a take, which we'll get to in just a sec. But we are Skates and Plates, a.k.a. the Plates part of the podcast. I got a food take for you, and I don't know where you're going to land on this. Lay it on me. It's kind of a two-parter, I guess. One, cold pizza sucks. It sucks. I don't know why I said that like Christopher Walken, but it's... <laughs> cold pizza it's, yeah, it sucks. It sucks when you eat it. Um, so that's kind of part one there, where everybody thinks like the, like the cold leftover, that pizza's the way to go. For me, it's room temp, not cold, but that's a different discussion. To me, the goat cold leftover by a country mile is Chinese food. To the Whoa. point where I might like it, I, like I might eat, like it as equally like cold or hot. I'm I'm gonna heavily disagree. I I will agree with your room temp pizza over cold pizza. I okay. agree a hundred percent. I'm yeah. leaving that I'm leaving that pizza out till the next morning. I'm not. Oh, like, yeah, it'll be out for a few days. I, I yeah, yeah let's, they'll, there'll be a little but, bit of funk added, but but cold Chinese food, man. Like, I don't know. I, I like. I feel like it's just too. I don't. I I like my Chinese warmed up. I mean, if it's th- maybe there's something about like sneaking down in the middle of the night and. <laughs> 
it's been it's in the fridge and you want you want a quick bite and you just take it is unbelievable and there's so there's some like so something magical that happens like maybe because everything coagulates and it just turns in like it just they it's msg overload maybe that's what it is but <laughs> I, like I, would, the- I would go i would go cold chinese for sure i think i'd go cold pasta over cold pizza oh i don't know i don't like i don't like cold pasta that's where like if it was a piece of broccoli and like a chow mein or something like i can get down with that yeah, that's I Chinese. Like, that's that's been the whole point of my yeah, rant, Tyson. Just the broccoli. I don't like the noodle part cold. Like a, a cold piece of broccoli. I I, I agree. That that's that slaps. Nice. But, yeah, but not not a cold pa- plate of noodles. Not not a big fan. I I think I might have an iron deficiency. Maybe that's what I'm <laughs> figuring out here. That I'm just I'm severely malnourished. <laughs> so, I, have, I have frequent fainting spells yeah yeah you're you're dizzy all the time too right um but let, let me know I'm, I'm intrigued to see if i'm the only one on this the other thing i do like that i don't do as often as i would like cold chips like just putting a bag of chi- like sometimes like i found out once where i left a bag of chips in the car and it, there's something about it being cold that like just it, it's that i i agree with that it's like the flavor gets enhanced Something something happens. I don't know what it is. Toss the um, but well, that that might be too much. But I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm intrigued though to hear what because I I told you before we started recording here that I had a take and you kind of like jumped right in like oh I got a take, but yours is skates related. Yeah, it is, and I'm just I'm just gonna say it. Cal Connor's got a straighten out his game oh so we're we're talking so this is like a a show opener take yeah i i'm just the past couple like since he's come back from injury and i get you gotta have a little bit of a recovery time like you get an adjustment period after missing that much time off but he's been ineffective like he hasn't i i don't really notice him that much out there and then what we're gonna mention a little bit early on like yeah it's, it's it, it there's so much like the punishments that are dealt out don't correlate with the play that's happening on the ice, in my opinion. Well, let, let's let's get right into it then. I didn't know we were going to go that route, but I can get down with that. Um, Tyson, speaking, of course, of what culminated in that victory, although it doesn't feel like it with how people were feeling after the game, uh, but a one nothing win for the Jets over the Sharks. Two in a row now for the team after breaking a lengthy losing skid. And yeah, the talking point, Tyson, was not what happened during the game. It was the demotion of Nikolai Ehlers to the the quote-unquote fourth line, Ayafalo going up with Connor and Shifley, and the discussion that we have time and time again. And I mean, I don't even know how long it's been in Winnipeg that we do this time and time again. But why is Nikolai Ehlers getting demoted anytime something negative happens with the Jets? Um but you're going right to not loving the play of Kyle Connor over his last handful of games. And so I just want to say to you, especially on the power play, like he need they need to take him out of that spot on the half wall. He is just does not. And well, if, and if yeah, I see him do another twirl around, <laughs> around towards the boards, I'm going to lose my mind. It does nothing. It's doing nothing. Yeah. I think there's two different conversations. We got like, we got to do the, the lines five on five. And then the power, like the power play yeah. is such a mess. It's so, it's, it really does have to be two separate discussions that we have because they're, 
ineffective right now for very, very different reasons. Agreed. Um, but I mean, I, I think for the most part, you're touching on Connor's struggles, five on five, being put back up on the top line since he came back from injury. Kind of hard to argue with you. I mean, two points in his last 10 games. Obviously, this is, and he will be the first to tell you this, the production needs to be at least four times higher than that. So uh, that's that's been a massive part in this team struggling right now. There, there's no doubt about that. And he wasn't good. He wasn't good against San Jose. Wasn't good against. He wasn't. He's he hasn't been good since coming out of the break. To be honest, he hasn't had a good game since coming out of the break. Um. So I mean, there's that part of it. The second line with Monahan out of the All Star break, Zippo from from any core you know iteration of that trio, and the bottom six. I mean, they they haven't done a ton, but Barron scored the only goal against San Jose, so that was a big one. But the main thing right now, I mean, the bottom six will kind of ebb and flow, right, in terms of scoring. But the top six right now is just ice cold, and it's a, how do you go about fixing that? Um, clearly, for the coaching staff, it's Nick Ehlers bears the brunt of it, apparently. And I, I, I don't even understand that Tyson in the San Jose game because – if the power play was any decent, they could have had a couple goals solely from Nikolai Ehlers because he, by himself, drew two penalties in the first forty minutes of that game. I, I, I thought he was—I thought he looked really good, and he was by far their best player Saturday night against Pittsburgh. So, do you want to? I, I don't have a. I'm going to ask you this because I don't have an answer for it, um, and I'm kind of tired of trying to think of why. So maybe you have an answer that I don't. But that's the million-dollar question right now is, why is Ehlers the one to get demoted when there are other worthy options? And despite how well he performs on that top line in limited minutes, he seems to be the one that the coaching staff feels like they just can't rely on consistently to give him 19, 20, 21 minutes a night. Yeah, and like you mentioned, he was, I thought he was one of the better players in the game yesterday. Like he really, he really was, and I thought Shively had a really strong game too. I thought both those guys were were feeding off each other a lot in the ozone, especially, and so that's what made it so confusing was that the weak link on that line yes on Wednesday was Cal Connor, yet the one who gets demoted was the guy who was clicking with Shively. To me, it doesn't make sense. I I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's going on and why. That those are the choices made, especially when you hear the reasoning as to why he's benched or sorry, not benched, demoted. When he's just and Debone just says he's not good enough. That's not a good enough response. <laughs> like, did you, and just to say, well, it wasn't the third period that caused it. Yeah, he, okay, yeah, well, he, he just he wasn't gonna he wasn't he he just flat out wasn't gonna say why. That that's yeah. all. It was. And as to how to fix it, I I'm really starting to wonder if they do come trade deadline make a move for another winner and roll four lines and kind of just like the kings did when they went on their cup runs where there's no like there is zero line matching and it's just we're gonna roll out four lines over and over and they roll with a monahan let's say monahan perfetti velardi and then go nemesnikov ehlers another winner that winner that you get at the trade deadline and then maybe you roll with connor shifley i follow for the time being and your fourth line is the lowry line so like, like I wonder, line line a, line one A B C D. Yeah, I wonder if that's the route they they maybe consider going. 
because right now it doesn't it's it's not working and a lot of those guys have really mitch clinton on the broadcast actually on the radio broadcast last night made a really good point that the jets when they were entering the zone just didn't have enough speed it's coming out of the zone coming out of their d zone it was you know like the the breakouts were somewhat solid but then once you they got past center it was like they're skating in mud all of a sudden and you know like so how do you get that going how do you get what's been successful for you so much this year it's been getting to the puck in and being relentless and winning those board battles winning the four checks they're just not doing that right now so is that no, yeah. do, do they need do they need another acquisition to bolster that and kind of get the boys going again or is it just is this something that they're going to just have to correct themselves because they did have some chances in that game they put up a decent amount of rubber towards Kakinen but it's not it's not the chances that they were get early, earlier on in the season. And you yeah, can't and totally. you can't be scoring one goal against a San Jose team that looked awful outside of the first four minutes of the game. <laughs> they did have a good start. Yeah. Um I mean the the third period might and which which is what you touched on there. You know, even through the first 40 minutes when they had the big shot advantage, I did not like their game. I thought the game itself was pretty even. Um, the third period though, was where it was like, okay, could this be the turning over of a new page like that, that if, if they would have played like that through 60 minutes, they would have had four or five goals that that's like, that's kind of where I'm like, well, should we maybe give them like another game or two before we hit the panic button to an extent in terms of how to shake up the forward lines like that, that to me was a little bit more like it how they played there where it was it was a little bit grimy a little bit greasy a little bit simple but all of the traffic is coming right in and around the net there right like that that's where the shot locations were were, were taking place that 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 was the most promising sign um the one thing i know tyson and no offense to him but the answer to the jets top six scoring rules right now is not having alex iafalo on the top line it's like we just we, we can't do that experiment again um, you do wonder a little bit if maybe somebody like Cole Perfetti slots down a little bit. He's pointless in, I think, eight straight. I, d- I don't know how effective his game has been over the last little while. And, and this, again, goes back to, I think, our point of acquiring a winger to come in and, you know, avoid an over-reliance on both he and Velarde, who are still early in their NHL careers. There's a few different things they can do here. Um, I'll maintain my main point, though, with, you know, now that the, the acquisition of Monaghan is official and then, you know, can't go back on it. I I do think there needs to be one of Ehlers or Connor on his line. I think of the, I, I just think there. I mean, his, his lack of foot speed is so evident that if you don't have somebody to open up space for him, both in the neutral zone and in the offensive zone, you're not going to see the best of Sean Monaghan. And I just I, I don't think even if Perfetti and Velarde are on top of their games, which they're not right now, I don't know if that trio is ever going to be able to to find success. Like I think I think you have to, and I can even understand putting Ehlers down there, right? Like if you went Ehlers, Perfetti, Monahan, Connor, Shifley, Velarde, yes, Ehlers might not be getting twenty one minutes a night, but at the very least, you feel good about that second line. That, that to me is the move that probably makes the most sense. And then you can figure things out after that. But I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still shocked that that was the move Bones made. I have fallow for Ehlers in that game. Um, 
I, I when that happened, I kind of was like, oh, I, I remember when Bones left Dallas, Stars fans to an extent almost celebrating. They were like, he's going to make moves that you don't get. And then, you know, he came to Winnipeg and it was like, oh, he's pushing all the right buttons. That to me is a Dallas Stars move where like they're, they're, you just, you, I don't get it. Like there, there's no logic in it because it's not like I have, fa- if anything, put Morgan Barron up on the top line. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're going to move up somebody, move up the guy that's been contributing somewhat for you and, and had himself a good game. Um, well, we'll, see do what, you know, we'll see what happens you know, though in Vancouver. Do you know how many points Alex I follow has in 2024? In the, in the calendar year? Yeah. I'm going to guess two. That is two. Yeah. And like that, it's crazy to me that the logic is that Warren's moving up the line. And I, there's going to be reasoning given that, well, I follow plays a more steady game and he's able to win puck battles. But is that even really true? Like to me, I follow is one of the most vanilla players on the jets right now. And I really, well, I think like- I, and maybe, maybe that's, Maybe that's the reason that Ehlers is the one that, you know, when someone's when it when when scoring dries up, it's like, oh, look at this guy, he's all over the place. You know what I mean? Like he's dipsy doodling, all like all that old school stuff. Like I I I'm not saying I agree with it, Tyson. I'm just saying like that maybe that's it where it's let's just north south, he'll go into the corners, he'll go into the boards. May not be the most effective hockey, but you know what you get out of Aya Fallow. But the all-star is safe. In that in that situation, yeah, where like you don't, it's just like a guy who you would think would have a higher expectation to score and produce for this team, while he isn't, and meanwhile the guy who's producing at a higher rate than the other guy, he gets demoted. Like it's strange. It really is just strange to me, and I don't, I cannot quite put my finger on it. Yeah, I I don't know, especially you know, Shifley Ehlers Velarde tore apart the NHL for a couple weeks. And Kyle Connor comes back in, and it's like let's blow it all up all over again, right? It's it, I yeah, I, I don't get it either, Tice. But I think Kyle. I think the simplest answer is probably just you know, look, the coaching staff trusts Kyle Connor a hell of a lot more than Nikolai Ehlers, and I believe incorrectly they don't feel like Ehlers drives play five on five, and so he's the one that gets pushed down there. I, I really can't think of any other reason as to why it consistently plays out like this. Yeah, now watch now against Vancouver. Connor's definitely going to get a hat trick. That he's, would be he's, great. He's, he's good. <laughs> he's due. <laughs> I mean, like if you're going to put all your eggs in his basket, it's time. It's time he starts to deliver a little bit. So, yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of fascinated to see what the lineup's going to look like in that one against Vancouver because this is the first litmus test in, in quite some time and. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, people would have been saying Western Conference Finals preview. The Jets slump maybe put that a little bit on the back burner here, but hell of a test for the club heading into that Saturday night matchup um, out there on the West Coast. I mean, it's going to be a beauty, Tice. You know, obviously, we kind of touched on the main things from that Sharks game. Um, One other mention is just that, you know, Hellebuck continues to be Hellebuck. I don't want to jinx there, knock on, but... Might want to start the engravings. I don't know, uh, but I mean, continually fantastic. And it, I, yes, it's just San Jose, but you know, kind of lost in the and all the hoopla is you know, the Jets, <laughs> the Jets only put one up on the board there. Hella bucket shirt that they found a way to make it a victory, and he made some big saves in the third period late too. 
Do you, do you want to know something crazy about that performance? Yeah. Connor Hellebuck wasn't even named one of the three stars yesterday. Why? <laughs> Dylan Sandberg, third star. Mark Shifley, second. Capo Kakinen, first. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was pretty... I was pretty uh, shocked to you when I heard that announcement. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna. It's three stars. I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> so the game Saturday against Vancouver. Let's look ahead to that, Tice. Um, Vancouver right now sits surprisingly atop the entire Western Conference, um, just ahead of. Sorry, my mic's falling down here, um, but just ahead of Vegas there, out there in the Pacific. Uh, nine points clear of the Jets right now. Well, the Jets do have three games in hand to maybe make a little uh, President's Trophy chase there. But this is going to be an absolute beauty. They're up against the Red Wings right now. Game just got underway, so we won't be able to know the result of that until uh, just before the Jets game. But what do you make of the Canucks, Tice? This is a team that's going all in. Jimmy Rutherford only knows one speed. Oh, it's yeah. full, it's it's foot on the pedal all the way down, touching the floor. I love floor. it. I love He's, it. And yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It's and I love. These are just rumors, but I love that they are already <laughs> pissed off with Zadorov, and they're like, "We got to get another guy like Zadorov, but better, <laughs> more, more Zadorovs." <laughs> but they like. Vancouver's kind of proven a lot of people wrong this year, and my, myself included. I wasn't too bullish on this team going into the season, but, I mean, Quinn Hughes takes a huge leap. Pedersen somehow takes a leap from last season, too, where he's like, Pedersen, to me, is just a high, high, high-end player in this league. And he can really, and I feel like he almost doesn't get enough credit for what he's doing right now in Vancouver with that team. And it's just like, you look up and JT Miller somehow continues to be one of the top producers in the NHL. Like it's a lot of people just counting them off going into this year. And a lot of guys just, you know, like you see some of the analytics that are brought up with Vancouver and it's, we heard this at the beginning of the season where it's like, Oh, this isn't sustainable. This isn't sustainable. And it, but the reality is it might just be sustainable for this year. For like one they, year. Might, they might be able to do this for a full year in a playoff run and win a Stanley cup. Like, it's not like this hasn't, this type of stuff hasn't happened before. They have the high-end talent. They have the depth now. If they can add a couple more pieces at the deadline, I think they're going to be a very, very scary team come playoff time. Yeah, you know, they, they've proven a lot of people wrong. They've proven some geniuses absolutely right as I look <laughs> through my bold predictions. Uh, let me just check here. Vancouver runs away with the Pacific. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's pretty neat that I totally <laughs> nailed that one before the season got underway. Um you know, this is the this is the funny thing about the whole sustain. I mean, that was a lot of the the first quarter of the season was like, oh, oh their PDO is so high, like they'll never this is gonna never happen. They'll never be good. Nobody can shoot or play like this. Um, but the whole point of all that stuff is that some teams, you know, will have high end talent that can outperform what the the base numbers might suggest. And yeah, Vancouver, I I think certainly falls into that uh into that bin um i mean even now though like you look at it i mean they're they're pretty much break even in everything so it's not like they're like the maple remember the maple east with like berkey and when when the whole 18 wheeler off a cliff 
Like that, that was where it was like, it was crazy, <laughs> right? Where you're getting brutally outshot in each and every game. The Canucks weren't really ever like that. It was just, you know, they were scoring on a ton of their chances. Um, but they're kind of like, I don't know, middle of the pack to like above average. That's basically what the Capitals have been for like the last 20 years. And it worked out good for them in, in one of their cup runs. So, um, I'm excited. Yeah, Vancouver's a fun team to watch. There, and, and and they've got a great mix there right now. You would probably think that they would like to make a move on the second pair for them. I would I would think. Although maybe waiting for Carson Soucy to get back into action probably helps alleviate that. But they are fast. They mirror their head coach, who a lot of people were wrong on as well. Turns out that Arizona is just a cesspool, and maybe Rick Tocchi knows a little bit about what he's doing. I, I, I just like I, I like when the Jets go up against teams like this. You know, they, they they play fast, they play aggressive, and you know, Winnipeg's going to have to bring it in a big way. Um, and I mean, Demko's playing his ass off too all season long. Do you think? How about this prediction time? We won't do win or loss. Over under. Two and a half goals for the Jets in this game. Where are you where are you leaning? I'll say over. Ooh. Yeah, I I, I, can, I yeah, I like that. I like that. Some Saturday night fever. Let's Late night that. hockey night in Canada. Come on. Come on. Hockey after dark. I can see things <laughs> getting a little nutty out there. Um, it'll be a beauty though with the Canucks and Jets Saturday night, and we'll make sure to break that one down for you guys when we get back at it. Um, after the week with our first episode on Tuesday. Quickly, Tyson, not much time left in the episode here, but a bit of a bomb dropped Thursday morning. Yarmo Kekalainen is out in Columbus. What are we thinking? What are we feeling? Well, I mean, you you had the, you had the little bit of a pat on the back with the Vancouver pick, and I'm going to give myself a pat on, on the back now that my Columbus bold prediction has finally come full circle. And Mike Babcock, great, it might be the greatest prediction of all time. <laughs> Mike Babcock and Yarmo Kekalainen are gone. And anyone that's been listening for the last little while knows that I do not like Yarmo Kekalainen. I think he was one of the most overrated GMs potentially ever. They never did anything. The Blue Jackets were a dump. They made it out of the first round one time, maybe two. I don't even know. But they stunk for 10 years with under Yarmo Kekalainen. And look at him now. I'm glad he's gone. And someone needs to come in and make Columbus great again. Oh, well, they were never great according to you. So that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, well, I mean, at some point. Maybe the Steve Mason years. Let's bring him back to the Steve Mason rookie year. Oh, yeah, the glory, the glory years. <laughs> yeah, Columbus fans must love that. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just shocked at... Honestly, I'm shocked it wasn't a package deal with Babcock and Kekalainen at the start of the year. Um, this has been the ultimate Murphy's Law season for the Blue Jackets. Literally everything has gone wrong. Even when Fantilli's playing good, he gets that injury and he misses a bunch of time. Like it's, it has been a complete disaster. And I feel this way. I don't know if everybody else does. But Columbus is really like easy top three dumpster fire in the NHL. Oh yeah, and it might be just only behind Arizona, um, and that's really only because they play in a college arena. <laughs> but like 
the Jackets have not been well run for for quite some time now, and they they look directionless, they look rudderless. Unfortunately, Pascal Vincent has has been a nightmare as head coach. Like it, it their their young prospects are stalling. It looks like they're unprepared. Don't know what to do. Like it's just, it's just been such a nightmare, and it's a shame because Columbus, I think, would be a great hockey town. It's just they. Don't have a good team. <laughs> They've had a good enough team for a long time. So whoever comes in there, like, yeah, get it, get it sorted out. You know, not not too much because the Flyers seem to be on the up and up, and I, I'd like that to continue. Um, but it would be nice to bring a little bit of positivity to Ohio because I, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see nationwide pumping again, like it was a few years back with uh, that massive upset, the monumental upset of the Lightning. Uh, I, I think I think it would be a really, really good hockey town and a good place to catch a game. Right now is not that time, though. If if when they score in the playoffs and they set that cannon off, it is absolutely electric. Like it is awesome. But I, I'm going to ask you: Do you think they bring in like a new, like do you think they bring in a replacement ASAP? Or- no, no. I mean, I don't think so. I would think, unless there's somebody that they're like super high on, but I saw a, a, a little that's a rumor. Quick, that's a quick turnaround. I saw a little rumor going around about Jeff Gordon. Yeah, yeah, Drager was Drager was pumping that one up. Pierre LeBrun with the eyes emoji, the lazy way of saying I have info, but I'm not going to actually say anything. So, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I I I wouldn't go that route. Um, gestures to Jeff Gordon's New York Rangers tenure. Um, but to, to me, this is, I, I don't know. I think GM's so big that you need to get it right. Wait till the off season. You can make do, you know, getting past the trade deadline here and don't rush into anything because you get the GM position wrong. That's not a, oops, let's hire a new head coach sort of a deal. That's, Oh boy, we just wasted half a decade at, at, at bare minimum. So take uh, personally, take your time. Last thing on the Blue Jackets, though, they also have to get rid of John Davidson. He can't be you would, there you anymore. Would think, yeah, you would think a full house cleaning would would be in order there, um, but he seems to have ingratiated himself with the owners quite nicely. So I we'll still. see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean. It, Personally, Tice, the, the Babcock thing was such a debacle to be that should have been immediate house cleaning. Um, maybe it's just going to happen a few months later than than some of us might have anticipated. Um, but that's going to do it for the episode here. Let's head into the weekend now and let's get ready for that beauty tilt Saturday night for the Jets against the Vancouver Canucks. Until then, though, uh, we'll get back at it next week and we'll thank you guys for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Like we said, when we get back, a pair of games to break down for you guys, the Saturday night matchup in Vancouver, and then one more on the road in Calgary on Monday afternoon. Family day. Hell yeah. That's one of the February holidays. Let's go. Uh, so we'll break down a couple games for you as well as any other happenings around the Jets and the NHL. Until then, though, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Stay safe and have a good time. We'll talk to you Tuesday morning. Peace.